You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hello folks and welcome to the debut edition of the SM Media Transfer Show. I am Scott McPike and it's been a long absence but I am back on the podcast in front. It's great pleasure to be back. It's obviously been a long time. It's been a whirlwind few months but we are back. Obviously this will be the first podcast and what's hoping to be a, a range of podcasts that we've got coming up over the next few months. Obviously still a early process but we will be getting back to a a normal level of content in a few weeks. But where else do we start with? But the summer, obviously the summer this year, we should be having a World Cup, but we are not going to have a World Cup until November, which I think is actually playing a part on the transfer front, to be fair. I think there's a lot of clubs who will potentially be holding money back just for the the supermarket that arranges kind of around about November now, that I think January will be a busy month because I think a lot of players who stand out in the World Cup I'm thinking of past years like James Rodriguez coming to mind in 2014, obviously got a big move to Real Madrid. It's going to be an interesting summer, I think. I don't think a lot of clubs all over the world are doing a lot of business. I'm thinking the likes of maybe Real Madrid have obviously signed the the youngster from Monaco, whose name is a struggle to pronounce, but Darwin Nunes as well at Liverpool. That's two massive signings, but not really much else going on. Like There's obviously occasional wee things, but Scotland has been busy. Obviously, there's been a lot going on in different clubs. We will start with, obviously, what's been happening at Celtic. Champions last season, very, very consistent form to win the to win the double under Ange Postacoglu. This season, or this summer, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as busy as it was last summer for Celtic. Obviously, with the complete blitz they had, a new team, practically a whole new team they had, and it's obviously worked out well. Cameron Carter-Vickers is obviously a, a, an impressive loan signing. He has joined in a permanent deal from Tottenham, around about six and a half million pounds. That has done. That's a big relief to Celtic fans who obviously wanted him to to stay on after his impressive loan season. But another loanee who will be likely to be joining on a permanent basis is Jota. The deal is close. All reports are suggesting it is basically just a case of agreeing personal terms, which. Looks to be the kind of, I think, down to maybe Jota taking an extended holiday or something like that. I don't know the full details, but apparently the clubs have agreed all the, the details. It's a, it's going to be, a, I think it's a four-year deal, and it's about six and a half million, around about the same price as Carter Vickers. It can rise to higher, and I'm sure Benfica will have a 20% sell-on fee. I think all the details of that will become clear once the deal's done, but... I would expect that to be announced just as soon as kind of everything's what everything's thrashed out, which I believe it to be kind of as likely to happen. I don't see there being any hiccups with this, but Jota obviously had been a, a major find for for Postecoglou coming in, looking really impressive, looking like he's he took to Scottish football well. I knew that I thought there was some amazing games he had, but I'm thinking particularly kind of big games that the Celtic won. I thought it was magnificent in most of the the away games and that wee period where Celtic were just winning which I think was the difference between Celtic Rangers like the away games that Celtic were but the United game comes to mind it was terrific that game the one with the Rogic goal like you just look at games like that the Dundee one where I think he scored a double and Furahashi scored a double they had big performances and obviously Celtic fans took to him really well he's he's going to be a, he's going to be an exciting player going forward and obviously you've got that thing obviously he's still really young you bring him in a four year deal for six million 
you think your hope is in two or three years you sell them for three times that, four times that. That's that is the way Scottish football clubs should be operating. They should be bringing players in and hopefully selling them for massive profits down the line. Another deal that Celtic are likely to go ahead with is the signing of the former the United goalkeeper Benjamin Seagrest. All reports are suggesting that deal is close. Seagrest is understood to be in Glasgow today, thrashing out personal terms. So I expect that one to be a goer. I think that's a, a massive upgrade on last season in terms of backups. I think he will be a comfortable number two backup to Joe Hart. But again, it's not like Seagrest couldn't go in and try and claim the number one spot as his own. Joe Hart's going to be difficult to replace after his good first season last year. That one could be a good signing for Celtic. I think that one's exactly what we need. And I think obviously the the Barcast and Bain, even Connor Hazard is as unlucky as he's been as well. Seagrest is an upgrade on men. I think there's no doubt about that. I think Seagrest is a, a really talented find for Dundee United. Obviously, Dundee United last season, he was really, really impressive. He's obviously had some really good games. I'm thinking that Rangers game as well, where Dundee United held out for a point against Rangers at Tannadice. He was brilliant in that game, saved Dundee United from maybe four or five kind of excellent saves that, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been surprised if Rangers had maybe have tried to go down that route to kind of bring him in, but he has he does look the part. He does look the part. He does look a comfortable, you know, impressive goalkeeper. So he will be, I think he will be kind of done in the next couple of weeks as well. On to the departure front. Obviously we've seen Vasilas Barkas who went on loan to get to an option to buy. That was always coming. I think he's just he just didn't look convincing to me, obviously for the, the heavy price fee a lot was expected and he just never ever got going. The big one obviously yes last night the famed transfer guru Fabrizio Romano sent Celtic fans into a bit of a tailspin with the news that Joseph Juranovic could be subject to transfer interest from the Premier League and is he likely to leave the club? Now, there's been some conflicting reports on this, obviously. Fabrizio Romano, obviously, his track record's unbelievable. He knows his stuff. He's the man, the go-to guy for transfer news. So when he puts something like that out, you have to just realise that there's something in it. Reports this morning coming out of Croatia suggest that that isn't the case, that he's happy to, Juranovic is happy to stay on at Celtic. With the World Cup coming up, he wants to keep to a, keep a definite place in a first team, and I think he's obviously going to get that. He had a good season last year, his first season at Celtic. He is obviously looking ahead to that World Cup. I think, obviously, if you... You go to a Premier League team, like, and obviously it's, it depends what Premier League teams are interested in, and there's not many sticking out there in terms of need a right back. I was kind of looking this morning just to see like, where he would go, and nothing really was standing out. There's not been any concrete interest. I know there was some talk that there was chat about potentially going to Italy, I think, that, but that nothing came of that. So it's going to be an interesting one to follow. I think it will be like a case of there could be offers coming in, there could be inquiries. I think you see a lot of reports that what he will be subject to interest, but obviously it's in the it's in Celtic's hands. Celtic don't do not need to sell. Celtic have got a, a bit of security with the Champions League money they want there this season. They have obviously five or six prize assets that they're if they wanted to sell, I imagine they would generate a great deal of profit for them. But I don't think Celtic, I don't expect Celtic to sell anybody this summer. I really don't. I think it'll be unless something crazy comes in for like a a Kyogo or even like a, I'm, I'm trying to think about McGregor or something like that. I do not see them selling anybody. That's something I think they're, I think they're pretty secure. I think I, I, wouldn't have, I didn't think I would be saying that 12 months ago that Celtic would be obviously winning a league and, and just come in and just completely 
brought a feel good factor back to Celtic. It was obviously missing the season before, and obviously we done the one of the few projects I did in my my time off was the the Ange effect. We looked at the kind of whole season in detail, and one of the things that stood out to me is just how much Postecoglou brought a kind of feel good factor back. The, the fans just were, who were really really sceptical about the appointment, and it was a it wasn't Eddie Howe and things like that. Now twelve months later, I think yeah. I think Celtic fans are delighted with how it's turned out. So it's going to be an interesting summer. Obviously, Jota, I think, is the big one. Bring him in and keeping Juranovic, which obviously it just depends how that... If that if there's, there's, there must be something in it if Romano is printing it out because he knows his stuff. But we will. that's one to just keep an eye on. So where does Celtic need to strengthen? I, that was one of the questions that was sent in. I think they, need, I think they could be doing with... A, Obviously, if Seagrass comes in, I think that solves a backup goalkeeper problem. I think they're sorted in most places. I think that I think that the one the one thing that sticks out is maybe a left back. I know Greg Taylor has improved kind of year on year, but I still think there's there's potential for better. I think obviously I don't think there's much competition for Greg Taylor, which is kind of a big thing. Ball and goalie, I think, is done. I can see him being one of the, the players that disappears in the summer. There's talk of a, a left-back coming in. The, is it Giaz, I think his name was? I'm, I would need to kind of further research that. But there was talk of left-back. I think that could be a position for Celtic strengthening in the summer. Rogic is obviously going to be tough to replace, but I, would, I think O'Reilly kind of come in and kind of made that spot his own. I think he will be one that will take advantage of that in the summer. I think he. I think once you got a pre-season under his belt, I still think you missed that pivot in midfield because I think if you play McGregor there, you're you're kind of holding him back going forward and I think going forward is one of his best assets I think I'll be holding midfielder I think obviously McCarthy was meant to do that but I just think McCarthy I just don't think you can trust McCarthy to be the kind of main man in that midfield the way like a kind of Brown was and things like that so I think midfield is just that as one where I think one or two bodies might be enough I think obviously if you like to hit a Gucci Hikati's there as well. He came in and started really well. Kind of flittered out towards the end, but I still think he's got a lot of upsides. Forward position, I think Celtic are fine. I think Giacomacus is going to be a, a revelation even next season as well. I think he was he came in and just he, he got a run together. That was, I mean, he's not you're not the top goal scorer in the area of easy if you're not a proper finisher. And I think you see that he's just some of his goals were clinical, just clinical finishing, just. Just what I think Celtic need. I think obviously you've got Kyogo, Jota's probably going to be there, Maeda, Forrest, Abada. You're pretty much, you've got numbers and you've got quite quite talented numbers. It's obviously, do you maybe need another one just to just to free up that if one of them get injured? But I think Celtic are fine in most departments, to be honest. I think just one, maybe one or two bits of quality just for the Champions League and I think we'll be fine. But I think it's going to be a... A relatively quiet summer for Celtic. I don't see a lot of action taking place. Obviously, if there is news and kind of updates that come through, you'll be the first to know. SM Media will be all over it. But I do not think we will see a, a massive summer for Celtic. We'll move into Rangers. Let's have a look at Rangers so far. Not a busy summer so far as we kind of, we kind of thought. I think we were all thinking we would maybe see a bit of a, a kind of freshen up. I think that's been one of the difficulties for Rangers fans. I think Rangers fans were expecting a wee bit of a blitz. John Suter's been the only signing so far through the door. Obviously, Cedric Kitten has left to go to young boys. The big thing for me this summer is what do Rangers need? One of the questions we received is why hasn't there been activity? 
I think that there maybe has been activity. I think there, are, there will be some things happening. I think just because obviously the the in-house way as it ranges at the moment, I do not think you'll know until you, you see them with a scarf or you see them being announced by the club. I think it's just going to be one of those summers where the rumour mill will the rumour mill will obviously keep going. And that's you see yesterday, for example, which Alan McGregor. Obviously, we'll touch on that in a couple of minutes, but it came out from uh, the Rangers Review, who do a terrific job on kind of covering Rangers. I think they're one of the few kind of media kind of giant media teams that have access to Rangers and Rangers do speak to. So when they have something out, it usually tends to be right. So when that news was coming out, it seemed inevitable that Alan McGregor would be signed. But it's not like any other clubs in Scotland where you, you will hear it from the kind of mainstream media, like your newspapers and things like that, because Rangers do not talk to them. And it's that simple. It's, and I do feel a bit for the club because obviously fans are excited. This is a summer. This is a summer. Fans want to hear players coming in. Fans want to hear movement on transfer window and things like that. The club are not, obviously, it's not the same as it was five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, where the club would maybe have their sources in the the kind of mainstream and they would kind of tell them things. It's not that now. It's very in-house. And again, you feel for the club because kind of rumours start and they're shut down and you do you do see a bit of kind of negativity towards the Rangers board about it, which I don't think they can help, but obviously it's just the way things are at the moment. I don't see it changing, so there's no point moaning about it. It's a weird one. Some things that are kind of happening at Ibrox that we're aware of, obviously the... New contracts have been agreed with the likes of Scott Arfield, Stephen Davis. Connor Goldson signed a four-and-a-half-year extension to his contract. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. I think that was one of those that was just... I, I think a lot of people had just accepted the fact that Goldson was going to go and then just out of the blue, it was just one of those things. It was completely... Nobody knew Nobody knew he was going to re-sign, so that is what I'm talking about. It's this thing that... Your only only news is from the club, so there's not that kind of wee debate you can have and not we kind of chats and the, the rumor mill and things like that. Which I think that I think that's what the transfer window is all about. I think people like it and a wee bit of kind of oh let's talk about this guy that's linked with Rangers, this guy that's linked with Celtic. It's it's a wee bit of a buzz. It gives us all a wee bit of kind of something to talk about over the summer. There's no football happening, so you're obviously talking about like the potential for transfers. Alan McGregor has signed a new contract, a new year extension. The, you know, it was a weird one. It's it's not one I expected. I thought it would be like... I didn't expect him to re-sign after the Scottish Cup final. I thought the Scottish Cup final obviously went on for that last minute. I thought that was a fitting send-off, to be honest. I think, obviously, father time does catch up with you, and I think it maybe has in, a, in some degrees for Alan McGregor so far last season. I do not think he was making those mistakes two or three years ago. I think that... And it's a hard, it's a really difficult one because, obviously, Alan McGregor, certainly the greatest Rangers goalkeeper I can remember. It's, it's always between Klaus and McGregor because Gorham... I've, I, I wasn't there for Andy Gorham you know, in the Rangers team, so it's always between Klaus and McGregor. McGregor always edges it for me. So you've got that kind of loyalty to McGregor that he's a club legend, you don't want to be disrespectful. But on the other hand, he is pushing for he's he's just turned 40. He he isn't what he was 10 years ago. You, you can't be. It's father time, it's the big thing. It's father time does catch up with you. And it's it's the same in football. And I, if McGregor's had a change of heart and after that game, I do not think 
Alan McGregor, I don't know, I think that thing in the Scottish Cup final happens if Alan McGregor's re-signing, so I think there's been a change of mind in some way. Whether it's the player, whether it's McGregor saying, I can still go another year, fine. I think that's, I, think, I, don't, I don't think the issue is giving Alan McGregor a new year contract. I think it's the, the thing of, I think a lot of people are thinking, I think a new goalkeeper was a target. I think like you've seen the likes of the links for like Jack Butland and the one that stuck out to me was the goalkeeper was at Kovacevic, I think, from uh, the side in Poland. Is it Ruchu? I think they are. I think there was big things on that from Poland. I think there was certainly something in it, but obviously went cold. Whether it's down to McGregor resigning or just player not wanting, I do not know. But there was something in it. There was definitely something in it because Poland, the Polish report seemed to suggest that Rangers were one of a of a bunch of clubs interested in the. I think as a Bosnian international, Kovacevic, I think I, I think it's all went quiet now. I think he's either staying there or he's going to another club. I think Rangers, it's cool somehow. But you've got Alan McGregor, obviously. He's, is he going to be the number one? We put a poll last night and John McLaughlin won that comfortably that John McLaughlin should be the number one next season. I think if you keep John, if John McLaughlin is going to be the kind of future number one, I think then it's fine to keep McGregor and have him as a, a valuable backup. I think the thing as well with a lot of people were thinking was, I think McLaughlin was more kind of suited to certain things. And what I mean by that is, I think McGregor was not coming out for crosses. He, he never, ever did. But I don't think he was instilling the same confidence in the defence that I think maybe McLaughlin did when he came in. Like the Celtic Scottish Cup final, I think McLaughlin commanded his box, came out for crosses, and I think that settled the defence as well. Whereas there was maybe four or five goals last season that, were caused by McGregor not coming out for crosses, and that's obviously not. That's McGregor's always been like that. McGregor, I would say McGregor's a better shortstop than McLaughlin, but he is pushing forty, so it's going to be a tough one. It's it's going to be a tough one. If if McGregor has if McGregor's going to be the number one next season, which I I don't think he will be. I think it will either be McLaughlin or another, and McGregor will kind of be a number three with more a kind of coaching aspect of it. If that's the case, that if, if it's kind of the case that McGregor's there as the number one and McLaughlin's kind of been patient and things like that, it's just a weird one. It's just it's one of those where you're thinking, is this, is this bold ambitious? Do they want to go forward? And uh, you need to replace McGregor at some point. You can't just keep offering him one-year deals just to keep him, keep him on board. It's not, you need to bite the bullet and make that change and I have no problem with McGregor staying. I don't think anybody has a problem with McGregor staying. I think it's just what it shows that what's changed in the past month where McGregor looked as if that was the, the swan song at the end of the Scottish Cup and now he's he's back on board for another season. Is it going to be number one? Is, is the reins going to be handed over to McLaughlin? Is there going to be another party in that comes in over the summer? It's going to be an interesting one that obviously it's the, it's a weird one yesterday, McGregor re-signing. I think that. Uh, Mixed response. I think a lot of people worried about the message it sends, but also a lot of people hesitant because McGregor's a club legend. And he is a club legend. He's, he's a, one of the two greatest goalkeepers Rangers have ever had. So where do you where do you stand on it? Do you? It's a weird one, and it's a weird one, and it's obviously one that we'll look at. I imagine Rangers will be linked with goalkeepers. I imagine there'll be a, a potential thing. One thing that's not true is. The weird things that were going about the other day that Robin McCrory was linked with a move to Manchester United, that has been categorically denied. That is not true. That's, some respected sources have said that that isn't going to happen. 
couple of things, a couple of people, readers are said to be making inquiries about. One of them was Eric Botine, were the former Bodo glamp striker who moved to FK Krasnodar. There was a report from somebody at the BBC maybe a few days ago to say that Rangers were making inquiries about his availability. Obviously, he was at Russia. Something with the contract obviously went went wrong, and now he's a free agent. So he's moved for seven million in January, and now he's he's available in a free. So I think Rangers, Celtic, I think there'll be a bunch of clubs obviously willing to to make inquiries. The same source a couple of days later, I forget the gentleman's name. He said that there was no truth in it. So he'd started something and then said there was no truth in it. Yesterday, though, some uh, credible source in Norway had made a, a comment that Rangers had made an inquiry along with a bunch of other clubs. So obviously you won't you won't find out the truth in this until you see either Eric Botain with a, a Rangers shirt on or you see him with another team shirt on. So here with caution on that. I think that's obviously... I think the, the potential in this is that you're potentially picking up a really talented player for free. That's been that's worth, I would say, easily seven million pounds. So I think Rangers, that is a market Rangers should be going down. I think Rangers obviously need a striker. I think that was a big thing with the absence of Morelos in that amazing Europa League run. The the lack of strikers. I think Rangers do need a striker. Particularly a goal scorer who's in dangerous positions. I think the even the Hearts game, the, the cup final win was a specific, a specific example of that. Rangers had made so many chances, but just didn't have a finisher there. A proper number nine who could make those big big runs into the box back and just finish. Like Chris Boyd, for example, I think that's what Rangers are lacking. I think Rangers are lacking maybe two or three different things, but I think that's one of the main ones. I think they're either back up to Morelos or somebody can kind of push Morelos to start because, yes, you've got Alfredo Morelos, who's a top-class striker, but is he a proper number nine finisher who's going to get you 30 goals? That's a tough one. That's one that I think Rangers should be looking into the market of maybe a striker. And the summer window, Cameron Harper of Aston Villa has been rumoured to be a, a target for Rangers. Now, I don't know if there's something in that. There's been talk on both sides of the border that from kind of newspapers and things like that, but Rangers are one of a bunch of clubs interested. Again, it's banging an old drum. Until we hear it from the club, I would hear with caution. I think there's potential for that to be uh, one that could kind of drag on. I think a lot, of, a lot of players will be linked with Rangers in the summer. Until you hear it from reputable sources, hear with caution. One thing that I think Rangers do need to sort out, and I think this is one that hasn't been addressed often enough, is the contract situation that's going on with. In my opinion, three prize assets, Ryan Kent, Alfredo Morelos and Joe Aribo. All three of them's contracts end in 12 months. And if there's there's obviously there's three ways of looking at that just now. Are all three of them willing to run their contracts down? We have seen a lot of that in the past few years with, with players that kind of want a, a higher selling on, signing on fee for more wages down the line. So if that's one way that that could be happening... A second thing, which would worry me if I was a Rangers, if I was obviously a Rangers fan, with the same thing with Conor Goldson, if you let these contracts run down and one, two, or three of these players go for nothing, that is serious poor transfer, poor work in the transfer market because you're easily looking at double double figures, like even easily looking at eight figures for all of these. 
if you, you properly use well and, and kind of renew, renew contracts, sell at the right value, things like that, you can't let their contracts run down. I think that's just bad, bad business. So that's one of the concerns I have. If, even if one of them were to go on a free, uh, a free transfer in the sum, next summer, I think that's bad business. I think you've... I think you're buying all three of those players with the prospect of selling them on down the line. I think that's always why. I think that's that should be the thing with any club in Scotland. You buy to sell for massive profits down the line because that is the the main way you're going to generate funds. So that's a concern. And the third thing I'm looking at it is: is it time for this this squad to be given a bit of a kind of reality of like let's just change it up a bit? A lot of these players have been here under Steven Gerrard and I think it's time for a, a bit of a kind of bust and just a bit of freshness brought into that Rangers team. I think that I think I saw something the other day that 10 of the 11 players that started the Europa League final, no, sorry, 10 of the 11 players who started the last Celtic game or something played Gerrard's first game. And that is, that's four seasons. And that's a concern. That's, that's where you need to look at freshening the squad up, bringing in a few bodies, because you, you need that kind of bolt of excitement and the big thing as well, obviously, as the Champions League. Rangers should be aiming for the Champions The Champions League should be the key thing this summer. Get some bodies in, maybe move some bodies on that you want to, if, if, if the kind of money thing is the problem, sell a couple of players, bring a couple of players in. I think that's the way they should be going down because I think Champions League has to be a priority this year. You've seen how impressive Rangers were in Europe. They're more than capable of reaching the Champions League. And I think with the money it generates, it should be a priority. So Rangers, I think there will be a busy summer. I think it will be busy. I think it will be busy in both fronts. And I know the one that potentially, the thing that worries me is, is the Rangers board, are they focused on a future of a new manager who's only had one window and it maybe wasn't the best window. Obviously, the Ramsey thing was a big one. But he's, he's a new manager. You have to give him his... Let him have his kind of chance to bring in his own players because that's that's the way football's going. You need to give manager managers a chance to, to bring in their own bodies. You're seeing it at Man United this summer. I don't think Eric Ten Hag takes that job if he's told you're keeping all those players. So I think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will, have, will be thinking... I want to put my own stamp on the squad. I don't want to be... Although he's got to a Europa League final with most of those players who weren't his... Or obviously weren't his own players. A bit of freshness doesn't... That isn't a bad thing. As long as you kind of get it right, you need to do a bit of shopping around, a good bit of scouting. And I think there could be a bit of a splash in the summer. I just think it, it needs to... I think we need to see a bit of movement in the next couple of weeks because obviously Champions League qualifying is so quick. If you leave it late you're running a risk of what happened last year with Malmo. And obviously that worked out well, Europa League final, things like that, but you need to watch what you're doing in the, the transfer market, in my opinion. Let's move into the rest of the Premiership. There's a lot been happening. We'll start with third place Hearts, who obviously got a, a spot in the Europa League playoff round. They're guaranteed some form of European football, whether it's Europa League, if they win the playoff or they drop down to the Conference League. Alan Forrest was the, the first signing they've made. I think that's a really good piece of business, obviously. I, a player who keeps progressing, obviously a really good spell at United. Went to Livingston and kicked on again, and you see how well he's done. He's moved on to Hearts. I think that could be a, a really good piece of business for Robbie Nielsen's side. A couple of ones to, to talk about from Hearts. Joyce Grant from Peterborough is understood to be very close. I think there's a couple of things just found out, personal terms and a medical, but I think that one is close to happening. A freeze has been agreed, I understand, with Peterborough. 
Lauren Shankland obviously is the, the one that seems to be kind of generating some noise at Hearts at the moment. The understanding is it's very close that he will be returning to Scotland and going to Hearts. Don't know whether that will be a fee. I think it's, I don't think personally terms are going to be an issue. I think there is a degree of homesickness there, if you're in my opinion. I think that there was a lot of talk in January that he was wanting out of Belgium. So I can see this being obviously a goal up. Shankland will obviously bring goals where we know he's track record at air and then obviously the United and he's done pretty pretty decent there at, uh, at Belgium to be fair at Bearshot. He I think he scored something like six goals in 12 games at one point. He's 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 one of those players who's going to score goals, and I think he's he's going to compliment kind of Liam Boyce well also. So there could be there, that that could be a good signing. I think there's obviously after a few things we've thrashed out with that, but I think that one could be definitely going ahead in the next couple of weeks. Across the Edinburgh City, we will move on to Hibs, who've obviously a lot of transformation this summer. Lee Johnson, who the former Sunderland manager, has been brought in to be the new new man at the helmet Easter Road. Weird one. Weird one. I didn't see that coming. I thought there would be a... I saw whether the Sean Maloney project was a bit of a one that you don't go for an experience. You maybe just go for someone who's got a good track record, perhaps down in England or the Scottish one. That It's a weird it's a weird one. I didn't see it coming. But Lee Johnson is obviously the man at the helm. Good bit of business so far. He's brought in David Marshall. Matt Macy is going down south, I hear that. deal was, I think it's Swindon. I think somebody can tell me if I'm wrong in the comments. But David Marshall, obviously, we know he's experienced Scotland International, Celtic, QPR, Derby. He's been many different places. He's done really well in his career. Good bit of experience as well. So I don't think it'll go wrong. Another experienced Scottish pro, who, Scottish ex-Scottish player who could be heading to Easter Road is Aidan McGeady. That deal was understood to be very close to happening. He obviously played with Lee Johnson at Sunderland, so he knows him well. That seems to make a lot of sense. I think McGeady's obviously at a stage where I think. I don't think he'll do many harm coming up here and kind of finishing his career somewhere. We've seen likes of Charlie Adam, Chris Burke as well, a lot of players come back home. They come back home to, to where it all started and McGeady's obviously wanting to come back to Scotland. He is understood to be close to agreeing a deal. I think there's, there's medicals and things to be agreed, but the deal seems to be close to happening. McGeady could be heading back to Scotland. One of the stories of the transfer window from a, a comedy perspective is the deal involving the loanee from Hibs, Rocky Bashiri. I don't know if you heard that. It's quite a funny one. Hibs were obviously signed him in January in a loan deal. I don't think he stood out in many games. I don't think there was a lot of sadness that his loan spell was up. But Hibs had sent a thing out on Twitter saying to wish him well in his future that he wouldn't be signing on with Hibs in the summer, but he had generated enough appearances that the the bio the buy-on agreement with the, his parent club was activated, so he would be heading to Hibs in, a, in the summer in a permanent deal. So Rocky Bashiri is a permanent... I think it was Norwich he was at, I think, and Rocky Bashiri is a Hibs player, so I don't think a lot of Hibs fans are jumping up and down at that prospect, but obviously you can still turn that around, but... It was a weird one. I think it was a weird one because I think Hibs had already said their goodbyes. I don't think Hibs knew that they'd activated this, the kind of purchase agreement there. So, Rocky Bashiri will be playing for Easter, at Easter Road next season. Also, they've signed Jair Tavares from Benfica, an exciting young winger. That could be an interesting one. Obviously, we'll see where that goes. He will have, I think Lee Johnson came out and said, the Hibs fans will need to be patient. I think that's fair. I think a lot of players coming from 
kind of Portuguese market to here. It's a big, big culture difference. So we'll see where that goes. Aberdeen, it's been more about the outgoings that have been catching people's eye. Calvin Ramsey, the exciting young right back, is now a Liverpool player. He joined in a deal that could total up to seven and a half million pounds. So that is excellent business for Aberdeen. I was a big fan of Calvin Ramsey at Aberdeen. I thought he'd done really well in his first season. Broke into the Scotland under 21 team. Looks an exciting prospect. I think their right back position looks stagnant for Scotland. You've got Patterson, Ramsey, and Ralston, who's had a, a big big comeback at Celtic, shall we say. Obviously scored in the Armenia game. He Calvin Ramsey is going to Liverpool. And my understanding is he's going to be the backup to Alexander Arnold. So he's he's going to be in the in and around the first team. There's two sides of looking at that. Obviously, he's going to be around some of the best players in the world. You've got Lisa Salah, Alexander-Arnold. You've got a pretty good... I think there's there's some pretty good teammates there to, to ask advice for and things like that. So I think he will get first-team football. I think he will play cups and things like that, or whether he goes out and loan. He needs to be playing games, though. The, the worry I would have with that move is, does Calvin Ramsey just sit about for three years and wait for his chance, but then he's only played a, a handful of games and he's... He's three years older and he's not had the experience of first-team football as much as he would have if he maybe stayed at Aberdeen or went back and loan. The Danny Wilson effect, I call it. Remember, Danny Wilson obviously broke through really well at Rangers, went to Liverpool for, for three seasons and I think he played something like seven games in three years. That, And I don't think Wilson ever hit the heights of what people thought of him, particularly at Rangers. So that's the, the worry I would have about that signing. But... A brilliant piece of business for Aberdeen, obviously, they'll invest that money. Jim Goodwin will get some of it to spend, and by God, does he need it? Because Aberdeen do need a, a serious bit of, a serious boost in the summer, or they're going to be in real problems. I think Aberdeen will need to seriously reinvest some of that money, get a whole new team in. I think there's a lot of players there that need to go. I think there's a lot of players that are not good enough for a team like Aberdeen. And obviously, Jim Goodwin will need to bring in his own players, similar to the the thing we're talking now about Rangers, new managers need to bring in their own players. They need to have their own input in the, the transfer market. So I can see Aberdeen having a really busy summer. Also, potential outgoings at Aberdeen. Connor Barron, another one of the exciting youngsters that was breaking through at Aberdeen. He's been linked with a move to Celtic. I don't know how far that along that is, if there's going to be potential movement in that, but... I think Celtic have been looking at him. I think Celtic have scouted him a few times. I think a Belgian club were in for him as well. I think it was Jenk. So there's obviously interest there. Aberdeen, I think, will be keen to hold on to him for another year after losing losing Ramsey, although they made a lot of money in Ramsey. They will want to kind of build a team around Conor Barron. I think he's capable of that. So I would watch that one and see where that goes. Lewis Ferguson is one player I think will be leaving Aberdeen. I think he will be heading to England somewhere. I think Millwall were prepared to pay about one and a half million to, to bring him to London. I can see him being sold in the summer. I think he's at a stage now where he's probably ready for a move. I think he could be one of those players that moves on in the summer. What's has been happening around about the, the Premiership? The United, obviously, the big story is obviously Tom. Uh, Tam Court's leaving to go to Hungary. Jack Ross has come in. I expect the United to be making some signings in the summer. Kumarnock, obviously, back up in the Premiership. They've made a good start to the transfer business. Kerr McEnroy, who'd obviously had a really good spell. I think he was at Airdrie and then moved to Air and Loan. 
from Celtic. He has joined Kilmarnock this summer, so he could be an exciting signing for them. Zach Hemmings obviously re-signed in another season-long loan. Good bit of business for Kilmarnock, I think the fans will be happy with that. We kind of brought that yesterday, that there was potential he was be coming back. So, yeah, there's a lot a lot been happening in the, the Premiership. St. Johnson obviously making some signs as well, securing their safety. And the Considines obviously re-signed uh, for, for them from Aberdeen, after a long spell Aberdeen. We will obviously be keeping you updated with Premiership stuff, so keep an eye on what's happening in the Premiership. Let's move on to the Championship, where there's been some good, good early signs of business so far. Inverness brought in Stephen Boyd from Alloa on a free transfer. That could be a good bit of business. Obviously, Stephen Boyd done really well last season with seven goals in 34 games, I think he got. Dundee, obviously looking to get straight back up. Not an awful load of business happened so far. I don't think there's any, any new signs. Zach Rudden, obviously... His deal became permanent. Nothing really happening at Dundee. Gary Boyle's obviously got the job. A, a few players have left. Obviously, Christy Elliott, uh, Charlie Adams obviously left. I don't know where he'll end up. If he'll pack in football or he'll move into the media. I don't know, know what will happen there. One team that have made a, a few good signings so far are Patrick Thistle under Ian McCall. Anton Dowds, who I'm a big fan of, obviously, from his time at Falkirk and I'm both in low and he is... Moved to Patrick Fitz on a free transfer. Harry Milne, who was, I think he was one of our player of the seasons last season in League One for Cove, has made the move to Far Hill. That'll be a good bit of business. Bringing back Stephen Lawless as well from the Fairland. That'll be that will be good. I think that'll be good for all parties there to get for him to get back to playing at a place he knows well. Aaron Muirhead as well, who obviously had a really good season at Air. They've done pretty well so far, Patrick Thistle. I think there'll be more to come, but I think that could be a, a good. I think that could be good for their promotion hopes. I think they've got a good chance of promotion this year. Morton, who have obviously survived relegation, I think Dougie have done a terrific job there to, to keep them up, have made a few good signings as well. Brian Schwacke from Livingston. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Sorry, Brian, if it isn't. I know you're a big I know you'll probably watch this show. He obviously had a good season at Embra City last season. He has moved to Morton and alone from Livingston. So that would be a good bit of business for them. Queen's Park, a double signing. Morton have signed two players from Queen's Park, uh, Jake Tongo and Grant Gillespie. Jordan Baird, obviously, from here as well. So they are hoping to, to move up the table this season. Obviously, they're hoping not to be involved in relegation. Who else have made some good signings? We have seen the likes of AR, obviously. They've still got a few. There's big plans at AR, obviously, with Graham Matthew been there, Lee Brolin. The, I think there'll be a lot of movement at AR in the summer. I think we'll see a load of interest from a, for a lot of players. Wraith have made a few good signings as well. Obviously, Ian Murray has moved from Airdrie to Wraith Rovers. He has taken Dylan Easton with him, who has been one of those players who's just moved up levels every season. Two seasons ago, he was at Kelby, done really well, got them promotion into the League Two. Uh, moved, obviously, to Airdrie last season, where he was instrumental in a really impressive season, won our player, player of the season for them as well. I think he done really well. Ross Millen, obviously, formerly of Kilmarnock, has went to Wraith Rovers as well. And Scott Brown for Peterhead, who obviously is a, a good track record. Queen's Park, obviously, up as well. They have made a few good signings so far. Uh, Jason Naismith from Kilmarnock has, has joined the, the Owen Coyle revolution at Queen's Park. Grant Savory from Peterhead, another good young Peterhead player. And Don Thomas from Dunfermline. So there's a lot, of, a lot of action taking place there. League One... Queen of the South, Dunfermline, Falkirk, all making a load of moves. Dunfermline under James McPake. Kyle Benedictus from Wraith is their big signing in the summer so far, so that'll be interesting to see where that goes. 
Queen of the South have made a few really good signings so far. I'm really impressed with their signings of the likes of Gavin Riley, Michael Ruth, Rico de Catongo, Connor Murray, Ian Wilson from Morton. There's a load of good players in that, that team. I think that was the right decision, absolutely, given uh, Wally Gibson that job full time. I think he could, that they could be in the process of going straight back up as well. Falkirk, who have been kind of down the leagues and things like that, they've been they've had a weird, weird spell the past few years, but they are they're starting pretty well to try and get back to the where they want to be. They obviously want to be up the leagues as possible. They're, they should be in the league. They should be in the league one, in my opinion. The thing here that I worry about Falkirk is have they spent enough time up there? in that league that they've just get used to it. The likes of Gary Oliver, Stephen McGinn, I mean, they're bringing in good players. Cole Donaldson as well, who's at Ross County. They're, they're bringing in good players. So there's definitely some upsides there. So we'll see how that goes for them. League two, not a lot of movement in, a, in leagues. The one team that stood out to me is Stenhouse Muir in their business. Stephen Swift has made some big signings there. He's brought in Connor Brennan from East Bride, a really, really good goalkeeper at the Bowling League level. Will Sewell from Largs, who I'm a big fan of, everybody who listens to our West coverage will know that Will Sewell scores every, has been scoring every week for Largs, been instrumental in keeping them up. He is massive for them. He, is, he was massive for Largs, keeping them up. So I fully I fully expect him to be moving up the leagues. And I think he is going to do really well at Stenhouse Road. I think he's going to have a brilliant time in his career as well. And he's going into a good team. He's going into a team which has brought in the likes of Craig Bryce and who he can learn from. And I think they'll, they'll form quite a good wee partnership there. So I think Stenhouse Muir could be one of the teams to keep an eye on this season in that league. East Fife as well. They brought in Alan Troughton. Obviously, a good bit of experience from Alawa. He could be good and try to keep them, try to get them straight back up to League One. And one of the big signings for me is this Dumbarton signing Ali Love from Clyde. I think that's a, a great piece of business. I think he was. Very, very good for Clyde last season. I think he just missed out on our team of the year, but he was really, really good for Clyde. He will do really well at Dumbarton. I think Stevie Farrell will be desperate to keep, get them back up. So I think there'll be a lot of movement this season from a lot of clubs in that division, but keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on that league. There'll be some big moves happening over the course of the season. Let's move into the Scottish Women's Premier League. Not a lot of action to report on so far. Glasgow City have made their deal for Abby Grant permanent from Leicester. Obviously, she spent time in Glasgow City in the past. She moved down south and came back and loan. She has made that deal permanent, so she will be playing at Glasgow City from next season. Celtic, one signing. They have signed Lucy Ashworth Clifford from Lewis, the uh, young striker. A lot of reports from down south saying she's very, very impressive. So, well, I think she could be exactly what they're looking for. Player likes her. Charlie Wellens and Jacinta, who have been really, really good. They've been carrying Celtic the past couple of seasons, I would say. So, bringing in Lisa Clifford taking our help with the goals will help a lot. Rangers, obviously, coming off an unbeaten season, not much happening in the form of transfers. One, two players they have that have moved on from Rangers, though, are Emma Brownlee and Kiara Grant, who have moved to Hearts, on, and they've become the, I think, the first semi professional players to play for. For Hearts, so yeah, that, that's a big one for them as well. Two really exciting players. Georgia Timms as well from Lewis, who obviously the, the Lucy Ashworth Clifford played for. She has joined Hearts as well, so Hearts obviously getting some business done early. A couple other ones to mention. Lucy Ronald has joined Motherwell. She is a really good player. I'm a big fan of Lucy Ronald. I think she's a really impressive player. And Poppy Lawson has joined Hibs from Man United, so 
some things happening in the SWPL, we will obviously keep keep an eye on that. And we'll be preparing our Scottish Women's Football Show, which will air for the start of the SWPL season, which I'm hoping, I think it's going to be the middle of August. So we'll be having a, a weekly show on the SWPL. So we're following our women's football coverage this year. Let's move on to the Lowland League. Obviously, Lowland League been in the press for bad reasons the past few months, and probably it's hard to disagree with why, but big movements happening at the likes of Broomhill, who are obviously in that historic partnership with Open Goal, the media company. They have made some big signings there, looking to obviously go up the leagues and have a really good start. Three signings to catch my eye from there is Ryan Conroy and Gary Fraser, obviously joining Simon Ferry, who is taking the job as manager and knows them from Peter Head and good experience for him. So, yes, I think Ryan Conroy and Gary Fraser will be two good signings for them. Broke Watson from Stranraer is a player I've been a fan of for a while. I think he's a really talented youngster. He will do really well in that league. He will be, he's, he's a good talent, Broke Watson. A lot of other signings have made as well. Jack Ruddy, who was at Darvel for a while, was goalkeeper. I think he was at East Kilbride as well. He's a talented player. I think he's a good signing for them. And East Kilbride have obviously made some big moves as well. They are another team who have kind of been hanging about the Lowland League maybe longer than they thought. They have brought in Kevin Rukiewicz, who's obviously been on the show. And the big signing they've made is Bob McHugh from Queen's Park, who obviously was instrumental in Queen's Park going up. He's he will do really well in that league as well. I think the, the Lonely could be very exciting this year. I think you've got two teams, Broomhill and East Kilbride, who are probably going to be neck and neck. I think both sides will be impressive. You've got obviously the three the youth teams, Celtic Rangers and Hearts, who are going to obviously can't get promoted, but they'll obviously be thereabouts the top league. It's like Kevin Beath coming down as well. Gretna, I wouldn't sleep in Gretna doing really well this season. I think they've, got, they've managed to get a bit a bit more of a structure in the club. I think it's took a while, but I think they're, they're bringing in some good young players. We've got a good young manager as well, so they could be one to keep an eye on as well. But the Lowland League, we'll obviously be keeping up to date with the Lowland League as much as possible this season. And let's move on to the West. We are obviously going to be doing our weekly West of Scotland football show. Let's start with some of the deals catching with Ryan. The Premier Division, Darvel, obviously the champions last season, failed to reach promotion to the, the Lowland League, but they've wasted no time in trying to get there again this season. They've strengthened their defence big time. Ross Meakin, who's obviously at four for last season, had a brilliant season for them. He's joined Darvo as well. Chris McGowan from Coolwinning, which wasn't that wasn't a secret. That was known for a while that that was probably going to happen. But yeah, he's another one who could be a, an ideal signing for them. And Craig Truesdale, who joined from Rob Roy, they've they've got some business done early with Darvo, so I wouldn't suspect that that would be the, the end of their business. I think they'll bring a couple more in. The good thing Darvo done as well, obviously, they've kept the, the players that they obviously had stayed had, they've stayed on, like to Ian McShane, Darren Meggett, Scott Ferguson, players who maybe a lot of people maybe thought were could have could be moving on after the, the few were to, to get promoted, but they've chose to stay on. It's gonna be I think Darvo will just get stronger this season. I think Darvo will be near enough to top again and what's looking like an unbelievably talented league. I think there's a load of really good teams in that, that Premier Division next season and Darwin will obviously be looking to defend the title and go one better in game promotion next season. One team in the Premier Division who are going to be doing a load of business and I know this for a fact are Cowan and Rangers. They have obviously, David Gormley's a new man at the helm there. They have made some great starts to their, their transfer front. Dylan Mackin, who's obviously brilliant at Stirling, has joined there. Brilliant experience in bringing in Chris Miller, who's obviously a Scottish Cup winner with St. Johnson, had a good time with East Bride as well. Morton, legend, 
bringing him in is, is brilliant. That's a brilliant signing. I think that's probably one of the most impressive signings of the summer. And the, the West, and just today they've announced that they're signing Craig Gordon from Rossville, the goalkeeper. Do not sleep on him being a, he was a really talented goalkeeper last season. A lot of winning points for Rossville. Obviously, didn't, they, they weren't able to stay up, but Craig Gordon has made sure that, that was, they, they, were, they were surviving longer than they probably were expected to. Craig Gordon is a talented goalkeeper, so I think that's a good bit of business as well. And I do not, I don't suspect that that will be the end of the bus transfer business. One thing I will say: go on to Cowan's trans uh, Twitter page, and you'll see some of the best transfer reviews from Ben Grant, who's done really well with that brilliant job on the transfer reviews that he's been putting out. Avon Medal have also made some good business as well. They have what I think they've done really well is they've kept some of their good players and they brought in a, a couple of players as well who. Now they've been unlucky not to not to stay up like Sakina Bebeke from uh, Cumbermold, who'd been really talented for them last season. He's joined Evan Meadow. Ross Urquhart as well from Rossville, who's a really talented midfielder. He's joined at Meadow Park for the season. David Ramsey from the Buffs as well. So there's three really impressive signings. Reese Wallace, another one from Bonneton, who I think was very underrated last season. So keep an eye on him. He's joined Evan Meadow as well. We'll move on to the first division, where two big Clubs, I think that I think two clubs have made some unbelievable business this season. So Caddox have obviously they finished second behind Canvas Land Conference B. They've brought in some good signings as well. They went to Peters Hill and brought in Ronan Sweeney, who's who had a great season, a really impressive goal scoring record last year, and CD as well at Peters Hill. So they've, they've raided Peters Hill for those two. And Cumnock, they've brought in three players from Cumnock, uh, Keenan Hughes, Smart Osler, I think that's how I pronounce his name. Sorry for about that. I think Kieran McLaughlin as well, I think. Is, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, sorry if that's your, your wrong name, but I'm sure it's McLaughlin that's joined St Caddox. But the big one for St Caddox, in my opinion, is bringing Chris Eskin in. That is a very, very exciting signing for them. Also, Chris Eskin's track record with the United Party Thistle, he's done really well. East Kilbride last season as well, he'd done really well there as well. He could be the difference for them going up and staying down. From Chapel, obviously, as well, they're looking to get up and they brought in like Jay McAnally from Mary Hill, who had a really good goal-scoring record last year. The one signing, though, that caught everybody's eye was the signing of former Rangers and Hearts winner David Templeton, who'd obviously been in retirement, but has came out of it to play for them Chapel, so that's a good bit of business for them. West of Scotland transfers will be up to date as much as possible. There's a lot happening, so we'll be keeping you up to date. And we're going to wrap up the first show there. That is the transfer show for this week. I hope you've all enjoyed it. Let me know how you thought, thought about it in the comments below. This is obviously the first podcast I've done in a while, so apologies if I was a bit rusty and just blabbering on, which I began to expect I was. But we will be getting back into the swing of things. Obviously, it's been a pretty rough time, I will say. I'll be kind of getting more, more into the hang of getting back into the podcast in front and things like that but stay tuned for more transfer news coming up over the next few weeks and we'll be doing that show hopefully as soon as we'll be back hopefully next week with more of the transfer show thanks very much for listening everyone please take care thank you